Greetings. This is Carl. I hope you are doing fantastic. Um, what is it that you need? And how do you know? And those of you who have conversations about money for a living, the people you have the conversations with, your clients, how do they know what they need? How, how does a human determine what they need? And, and let's go even further just so we don't let ourselves off the hook. How do you determine what you want or what you desire even? Maybe we can use the term. In fact, I'm, I'm thinking of it. This is, this is why you love. <laughs> this is why you love BABF Radio because I'm processing right in front of you. I'm wondering if I just use the term desire, if that incorporates both needs and wants. I'm going to have to work on that a little bit. Because um, I don't really, I don't really, for right now, I'm not actually talking about the distinction between needs and wants. We'll break that down in a minute. But, but just generally, like something that you desire, how do you know? I mean, honestly, I don't, I was having this, I presented to a, a, a large group yesterday in a, in sort of workshop format in Wisconsin, which was just amazing, to be honest. Um, it was really, really lovely. And somebody came up to me afterwards and was like, gosh, do we really have to think about all this stuff? And I was like, yeah, I know, can't I just have a TV dinner and a Bud Light and a football game, you know? Um, but yeah. There's something about an examined life, and what's so interesting at the, I think, like at the center of an examiner life, is our relationship with money, because it affects everything else. And so, yeah, I'm asking you a question: How do you know what you desire? How do you know what you want? How do you know what you need? It's it's so fascinating when we dig deep into this to understand. Um, and I don't mean this to be con like a conspiracy theory in any way, um, but it's cute that we think we have some control over that if we're not really proactively protecting it. So that means most of humanity, we're just pawns in a large game of desire creation by really, really smart people with really, really big tools. In fact, one of my friends compared the idea that, that, you know, I can engage without actively protecting myself. I can engage with, um, consumer society. So, you know, Instagram, TV, even books with product placement, like it, it, the fact that I can engage with that and come out still clear about what I want. It, he compared it to showing up to a gunfight with a knife. He's like, you just, you just, have you been, I mean, this is a friend of mine, he's an academic, so he's a PhD in uh, entrepreneurship and has spent a lot of time with tech firms. And he's like, have you been to Facebook? Like there's a, there's 300 PhDs on the other side of that trade with you, you know, that are trying to figure out how to keep you engaged, keep you buying things, keep you clicking on things, because that's what the firm is about. You know, have, have, do you understand the decision design matrix that's going on at Amazon? 
Like, it's cute. That was his word. It's cute that you think you have some control over that unless you're actively, really actively protecting yourself. And so that's super fascinating to me, which just, again, I don't, I, it doesn't feel like, oh, big, bad. I'm not, I, I, actually, it's just important to understand because then it leads back to this beautiful exploration of like, okay, as a human who wants to live a fulfilled, happy life, how do I know what I need, want, and desire? And we've got to understand. So um, there was an early work done by John Kent, uh, by Gilbreth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just double checking that I got the the source correctly. Um, in his book, 1958, right? The Affluent Society. He created this concept called the dependence effect. <laughs> it's so crazy to me. I've been doing a really deep dive for a new project I'm working on. It, it's um, Well, it, it's informing my project, um, the podcast, 50 Fires. By the way, if you haven't had a chance to listen to 50 Fires, go. If you love Behavior Up Radio, you will love 50 Fires. It's, it's Behavior Up Radio with a guest. And would you do me a favor as listener of... Uh, Behavior Up Radio, would you do me a favor and go just smash the six-star six review button? Um, it's so helpful. So um, two projects going on, 50 Fires, and then I'm working on another book. I'm always working on another book, but I'm actually working on another book. And it's it's really trying to uncover this deep, beautiful, complicated relationship we have with money and trying to like suss out the the roots of it. And when you start to get like into these things, it's really amazing. So Gilbreth in um, the Affluent Society, this dependence effect, he basically argued that in modern affluent societies, listen to this, consumer demand is driven by advertising and marketing not by genuine human needs. Let me read that again. Let me just sort of state that again. Consumer demand is generated by advertising and marketing, not by genuine human needs. That's amazing. I mean, like a little bit further, which is really interesting. Production and marketing of goods and services create artificial desires and wants, leading to the cycle of con consumption that does not necessarily fulfill true human needs. Think about that. So all that means to me, you know, there's this tendency sometimes for us to be like, oh, that, that means this is all bad. And you know, whatever. I'm not actually, I don't really care all that much about whether that was bad or good. It is. And because it is, it just simply means what a beautiful opportunity 
For every time I interact with a want or a need, I get to get reminded to practice, right? Like it's just money can become the ultimate Zen master because it shows up every day, multiple times. I would, I don't know if it's hundreds of times, but it's, it's multiple times a day. You get to practice. We get to practice. I get to practice because money's going to show up every time I go to spend. I, I don't have to feel overwhelmed, shame, blame, guilt. I just get to say, oh, interesting. I want to buy that thing. What does that that's that's really interesting right and we can go even deeper and be like what what value am I trying to express by purchasing that thing oh it's just my power bill okay right oh that's really interesting that I want a new twelve thousand dollar e-foil to go to the lake right and then and then we get to sort of layer in all the other things we know does does consumption lead to happiness Does buying more things, what's the value I'm trying to express with that $12,000 e-foil for, you know, as a hypothetical, what's the value I'm trying to express? Well, the value is time outside. Oh, interesting. Could I go on a walk instead? Would the walk generate the same value? No, there's a sense of flow that's really important to me. Okay, you have a, is there another, again, not, no shame or blame in this. It's just a beautiful exploration. Is there another way to express the, the feeling of flow outside? oh, well, it turns out there's trails right next to my house and I have a mountain bike. And one of the reasons I love mountain biking is the feeling of flow, especially sort of downhill in flowy trails. I live on, out the back door, literally on some of the beautiful flow trails in Park City. Oh, that's interesting. Is that the same feeling? Oh, I love the feeling of water too. You know, just no shame. I'm not trying to talk myself out of the $12,000 e-foil for a purely hypothetical, believe me. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, I'm not trying to talk myself out of it. I'm just trying to use it as a chance to explore how beautiful is that. What a gift. What a gift. And the fact that we live in a, in a what Gilbert calls an affluent society in a modern affluent society, simply means I get to bump up against that more often. More often. Every desire, every piece of envy, every bit of jealousy, every time I feel any of those feelings, a want, a need, every single time I get, to, I get a chance to practice. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's amazing. Because if I don't practice... I'm literally a pawn in a game. And I don't want to be that. Practicing sounds beautiful. Being a pawn in a game sounds silly. Cheers, my friends. Greetings, it's Carl again. I hope you enjoyed that. And if you enjoyed that, you would love being a subscriber. So go to behaviorgapradio.com and sign up and I'll see you there.